The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, hello, creeps. Um, where are the uh, rules? There's only one rule. Are you ready? Here it is. There are no rules. Go. Welcome to The Noise Report, a podcast about music, movies, books, and other random assorted pop culture. Hosted by the music guy, CJ Plain, coming at you live from the house of fuckery. Welcome. Now let's start a riot. Now let's get out there and melt some bases! I am the music guy CJ Plain. This is another episode of The Noise Report. Um, we're back for another fun episode. This time, uh, we are going to do something a little different. Um, typically, your guests that you hear come from like Gustio and podcast guests and different things. But uh, this gentleman over here, uh, here's someone I found on TikTok. I came across him on TikTok. Amazing content, like really provoking content, like content that is not your typical run-of-the-mill stuff. It makes you think. Sometimes I know the answer instantly, and sometimes I got to sit and really think, like, damn, that's a, you know, like, I got to, like, he is a fellow podcaster as well. He's a sports fanatic. Uh, His name is Source, of course. How are you today, man? What's up, man? How you doing? I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for taking the time to do this, man. Like I said, your content is... Um, I love how you throw out stuff that's not really off the wall, but kind of off the wall. It's it's stuff that you don't really think about sometimes, you know, like, um, you know, best opening track on a record. You know, everybody has their favorite tracks they think about, but they don't necessarily think about, okay, what's the best opening track? Um, when you posted the one the other day about the best closing track, I didn't have to think about that one. That wasn't immediate for me. Like I just, That one I know. Like That has always been the one closing track of any record, man. That That is just... That is how you close a record out. Like, just full balls out. Um, but there's been so many questions, man. So... Let's start background on you and who you are. Uh, you know, give let people know more about you. Uh, just overall. Simple enough. Uh, my name is Source. I used to rap long ago. Stopped at like ten to twelve years ago, something like that. Uh, I do a podcast. I do a couple podcasts. One is Source and Company, which is an interview show mainly. It's kind of morphing into something else at the moment, but it's generally an interview show where I just talk to people, usually connected to where I'm from, which is Richmond, Virginia. Um, Whether they lived in Richmond, worked in Richmond at some point, went to school there, had something happen in their life that was connected to Richmond. I try to find those people who are doing different things in the world and talk to them about their life 
no matter what the show is, everybody has a story. So mm-hmm. talk, try to talk to people at whatever level they're at and take advantage of the childhood and see how they got to what they're doing now. I also do a sports podcast called the Sports Bar Podcast, SBP. It's actually a group on Facebook. Um, it's called the SBP. If you looked it up, it would be SBP or Sports Bar Podcast. I think it's a couple things under that same name, but the group actually has like 2,300 uh, members. So if anybody looks it up, look for the 2,300 members of the Sports Bar Podcast group, and that is the one we talk sports, hip-hop, TV, movies, beer, FanDuel, some parlays sometimes, you know, UFC, whatever. It's all-day interaction, and uh, we just have fun. We, no politics. We leave politics at the door for that yeah. group specifically. And, uh, yeah, we have a good time. We have a good time. I think that's the best policy, man. Like, I, you know, like, I am friends with people from all across the political spectrum. Um mm-hmm. But I I know specifically among those friends, all right, I can talk to this person civilly about it, even though we may be on opposite sides. Um, and I know this person I cannot speak to civilly about it. So we kind of are like, all right, look, uh, we are never going to agree on the politics thing. But we're both hip hop fans. We're both horror movie fans. We're both, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that we can get on about and be totally cool and we have this sort of understanding of look uh i'm gonna bust your balls for believing how you believe and uh you don't bust mine for thinking how i think and you know it's it's kind of how i was raised um was raised by my grandfather and my grandfather was here and his best friend who lived next door for you know 60 years was the complete opposite of my grandfather. Those two would kind of pick at each other, sort of like Archie Bunker and George Jefferson, you know. Um, but the cool thing was, is both being farmers growing up on that farm, when water stuff was ready to go, my grandfather would be the first one down there in the morning with coffee ready to get that out of the field, and vice versa, Walter would be the first one at our house to help us get our crops out. And there was never any question about that. You know, you drink a beer at the end of the day and you laugh and you joke. And, and yeah, they teased each other and they talked a lot of trash, you know. Um, but it was all in good fun. You, above everything else, you were neighbors. So you had to live together and you made the best of it. Um, you know, I would tell you my grandfather, 30 plus years as a union member, blue blood liberal you know Walter was the consummate John Wayne loving gun toting uh, Clint Eastwood (laughs) Republican type Walter drove a Ford my grandfather spent 34 years at General Motors you know they would pick on each other about everything when you're going to get rid of that crappy Ford when you're going to get a real truck like uh, you know a Chevy and you know, Walter had a black lab, we had a golden lab. It was just every little thing that they would pick at each other about. And um, it was very much like Archie Bunker and, and George Jefferson in the sense that they would pick about the silliest shit. Um, right. But that's how I was raised, is kind of like, look, at the end of the day, 
you're still neighbors and you're still human beings and you still can find that common ground of surviving and living with each other, you know. So um, I definitely agree about the politics thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't like I don't mind talking about politics, you know, generally speaking. Yeah. And on my personal, you know, personal Facebook page, it's whatever, you know, right. it's Wild Wild West. And I don't really do it that much on, on TikTok. Yeah. Just because it's just a bunch of random people that I don't know and you know, I get enough trolls doing yeah. hip hop stuff that doesn't bother anybody, so <laughs> I'm not it's, on there for, for yeah. daily arguments about things that people are not going to change their opinions on. So. Exactly. That's the thing. Like if, if you could discuss it civilly, it would be one thing, but most people can't. They right. immediately resort to calling names and taking personal shots at each other, and it's just like, look... Yeah. You know, this is why nothing ever gets fixed. This is why nothing gets done. This is why we're in the same mess we're in because everybody just wants to name call instead of actually figuring out that look. Political system is basically screwing both sides, you know. So to an extent, to an extent. Um So let's start off, man. Music is such a huge thing that you talk about a lot and and we discuss it a lot. So, start by some of your musical influences, uh, some of the acts that um, you admire a lot, that maybe you think are grossly underrated, uh, maybe some that you thought are really overrated, um, some that don't get mentioned nearly enough, maybe, um, just some people that you really love overall. Well, love is a strong word. Right. Love, love goes directly to a tribe called Quest. That's first love, not first love, maybe, but truest love. Like yeah. To the core, uh, my favorite two hip hop albums are both from them, from Tribe. So they are definitely my favorite hip hop group of all time, uh, followed by Wu Tang. You know, some obvious stuff. Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. But I also love Pete Rock and CL Smooth when they were together. And they've been, you know, sparsely together over the years. But when they were actually together regularly, they were great together. Um, Jay-Z, I'm a big Jay-Z guy. I didn't start out as a Jay-Z fan uh, during Reasonable Doubt time. And even the first album after Reasonable Doubt, I wasn't a big Jay-Z guy. It just wasn't for me. And... uh, one day I heard I heard Do It Again 12 a.m. on my way to the club for whatever reason mm-hmm. that song Jay-Z's verse the hook <clears throat> Jay's the video Jay-Z got on the New York hat and pulled down uh, the Yankee hat pulled down it's something about that song and video that just caught me and I was like yo he's, he's not so bad and then <laughs> eventually it turned into okay I love Jay-Z now my guy. Now, if we're talking outside of hip hop, I'm hauling oats. Uh, yeah, I'm all kinds of music, man. Like I, I, I have a ridiculous knowledge of music that I think freaks people out because of my ability to talk across so many genres. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it catches people off guard because when they see me, you know, they don't think, okay, here's a guy who can talk about uh, Queen Evie and Patra and Bob Marley and Bunny and the Whalers, or I can talk about Slayer and Creator and Exodus, Hall of Notes and Rick Springfield, Huey Lewis and the News. You know, I can talk about, uh, you know, Dizzy Gillespie and John Coltrane. Uh, you want to talk about, you know, Wu-Tang and, and DMX and uh, Pete Rock and junk like that. And it catches people off guard because they, I think they get a notion of they see my long hair and the kind of big sort of redneck look on, uh, they don't realize that I grew up around music my entire life. Um, and I had this stupid collection of music. That's like a million and a half songs. Um, so <laughs> I feel well, you on the music. Assumptions, you know, assumptions get you. Assumptions yeah. get you. Well, I have, I have to mention Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah. Raphael Sadiq is my guy. I love Raphael Sadiq. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just had to make sure I mentioned him. No, it's, it, you know, it's funny. Like, me personally, I've kind of, I was introduced to music in, like, weird phases, almost. Um, I grew up, growing up on a farm uh, with my great-grandfather and my grandfather. I was raised on a lot of very old country. And my dad, being a truck driver, uh, you know, this is his, I think, 52nd year uh, of driving truck now. 53rd year. Wow. He's been driving 50-plus years as a truck driver. Um, still out there doing it, 73 years old, still driving that damn truck and will never retire. Um, you know, they'll find him in a truck stop somewhere in the front seat dead. <laughs> and I say that in the most loving way. Uh, just, yeah, yeah, I feel my, my dad is a truck driver to the bone. Like, that has been his only job he's ever done. It will be the only job he's ever done. He's never going to retire. My dad is not the type to just sit around and do nothing. Um, the running joke in our family is we're not even buying my dad a, a casket. We're just my buddy owns a an excavation company. We're just gonna have Troy bring the tractors over, and we're gonna just dig a big ass hole in the backyard, and we're just gonna drive the truck right down into the hole with Dad in the front seat. <laughs> you know, that'll be his casket. It's up big ass Peterbilt. Um, That's perfect. Um, and it's a joke. I mean, we will buy him a casket, but. It was kind of like, you know, it's who he is and what he's done. So I grew up around Southern Rock. When I went into foster care, I ended up on the north side of Flint. And I was the only white kid in the entire neighborhood. And they said, okay, you can go to Flint Northwestern, which is a block and a half from your house. Or you can go to Flint Beecher, which is about a mile and a half from your house. Now, being the only white kid in 1987, I knew I was going to get my ass kicked. So it was a question of like, do I want to go to this school or this school? Well, I'm going to go to Flint Northwestern because that's a hell of a lot closer to my house and gives me a much better chance of running than it does trying to run for Flint Beecher. Um, Fortunately, the very first day um, in school, I was actually introduced to Ira Dorsey. So I become friends with the Dayton family guys like right out of the gate. So I kind of had this um, 
sort of unspoken rule about me. Like, people didn't mess with me too much because I hung out with those guys. Um, and I could do things they couldn't do. Being a white kid, the cops didn't mess with me. So I could do right. illicit shit that they couldn't get away with. <laughs> um, not saying that I ever did anything illicit, but... Um, I was pretty lucky, so uh, I knew Breed, I knew Ira and those guys, I knew Jake DeFlake, and um, a lot of the Flint rappers, I kind of spent those three or four years hanging out with those guys, and um, that's that's why I have an affinity for Dayton family, Um, and why when you said best closing track ever, I was immediately like, yeah, Flint Town, there's no question about that, that song is just you know, it's the type of track most artists would open a record with um, mm-hmm. but they closed it out just cause they thought it was, you know the hardest track and they wanted everybody to know that, you know even at the end, we're still going hard so, um yeah, I feel that and, um, fun fact uh, for you old school people, I can tell you that that CD was recorded in the same studio that Ready for the World recorded, Oh Sheila, and uh, that early record um, was recorded by the same producer, actually. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of wow. on the Tony, Tony, Tony uh, tip. Uh, <laughs> old school R and B there. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I KSR one for me, like is the one that you know I, I've I've always had this connection to KSR one, and I don't know what it is really, because um, politically we're kind of opposite ends, um, but he's that one dude that when he spits, man, it's like how can you not love KSR one, man? His shit is so over the top, you know, like even this newest one he dropped, you know, he, he, he says more in three or four lines than most rappers say in a whole fucking record, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like that Barkley's line just killed me. Like, you know, like, you know, you won't survive yeah, I, these verses. I smelled that one. I smelled that one coming when he started going to that particular, uh, yeah. scheme. I was like, verses coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like, it just, um, you know, the the one about uh, rappers only 21 can't get into these bars. You know, it was just like... See, that, that's the thing, though. That's the thing. People who were responding, like I posted that on TikTok uh, mm-hmm. the other night, and I saw most people responded positively, you know, KRS is back, blah, blah, blah. And they were, of course, there's always... Never went anywhere. <laughs> Right, true, exactly. He's been doing, he's been working the whole time. Yeah, it's just more, you know, off the grid. And if it's yeah. not in front of people's faces on, on radio, then they don't know about it. But there were people just saying, just random, like, oh, this, oh, he ain't saying that. It's not, you know, like it wasn't dope. I'm like, yeah, I promise you, you are missing what he's saying. You yeah. have to be missing what he's saying. There's no way you can say it's whack. If you don't like it, that's one thing. If you don't like him, that's you know that's fine. But to say what his rhymes are not yeah. dope is kind of that's ludicrous. Ludicrous. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean and to and to put into perspective, 
dude is almost 60 years old, you know, and yeah. it's it's insane. Like, I, I've got a bunch of songs. I don't know how good they are. I've never released a song. I have this crazy idea that I'm going to record a hip-hop CD before I die. Um, oh, yeah? And, you know, turning 51 years old this year, I know there's that kind of perspective of, like, you're 51 releasing your first record. And while I understand that, Cancer One gives me hope. Like, look, if he can do it at 60, I can do it at 51. Now... I'm not going to say my thing is anywhere near the <laughs> scale of what KSR 1's is. Um, but, you know, seeing Ice-T and KSR 1 and some of these older guys out here still, you know, doing what they do, it kind of makes me think, okay, you know, it isn't too late. It really isn't past the... Um, I have no grand illusion that I'm going to win a Grammy or anything like that. I just... I've kind of had these song ideas and little bits and pieces for years that have floated around and uh, I've never really taken the time to do it and now that I've just gone through a divorce and it's finalized and I've got custody and um, I'm just kind of at a point where you know what it's time to kind of put these thoughts out there and get them out of my head and um move past that <laughs> idea so hey, that, do it I say do it I mean that's why I like that's why I like TikTok yeah because even though I don't rap anymore at all like, like publicly I can still do at somebody's song and jump on and do a quick eight bars right uh, and, and feel satisfied and feel like I you know I still got the uh yeah, the bars to get out there. So, and that's the thing. Like I, I appreciate that. Um, for me, like having eclectic taste, like I do, it's hard for me because I don't want it to be so erratic that it's going to turn people off. Um, but at the same time, I'm not the type that's just going to be like, okay, this is going to be just one single strand of style there's going to be this huge diversity in the beats and the styles because you know coming from a guy who idolizes snow goons i love that massive boom bap sound but i love some of the newer stuff i love like what ghost main and and uh city morgue are doing that has a the darker vibe to it i like some of the stuff that like hobson does and you know, there's those different sprinkles of those styles that I think will come in there, and the political stuff as well. You know, KSR One and X Clan and Paris and uh, Public Enemy and those guys that I've listened to for so many years. Um, you know, I, there's going to be this craziness to the record that I don't know how people are going to react to it are they gonna get it are they gonna misunderstand it you know um i expect a lot of people just to kind of be like okay fuck was he thinking on this man like and that's okay like i'm okay with it like you know it's just very they're, random thoughts in my head gonna, that, so they're definitely gonna misunderstand it so yeah regardless of what you say somebody's gonna misunderstand it that's yeah like because i'm 
I don't know, man. Like, I listen to so much different stuff, whether it's, like, metal or whether it's, like, Blue October and The Cure or Depeche Mode or, um, like I said, there's all those random things are going to come in there. Um, who are a few younger artists that you dig, that you think kind of have the ability to maybe carry the torch forward, that are, are doing a good job of, uh, Representing hip hop and and uh, you know, they kind of make you think that not all hope is lost. <laughs> <laughs> not all hope is lost is probably you know the obvious ones: Kendrick Lamar, J yeah. Cole. Uh, I like Bobby and Corday. I don't, I don't dislike ASAP Rocky. Uh, you know, Travis Scott's cool. I like Travis Scott just because of the performance aspect. I watched a documentary they did, I think it was on Netflix, maybe two years ago. Um, it just followed him around. And you know, once you get that personal, uh, not connecting because he doesn't know who I am, but just watching him more uh, intricately, it makes you feel closer to the music, I guess. So even yeah. if I don't, even if it's not my favorite thing, you know, I can find the positive in it because I feel like I know him a little better by watching the documentary. Yeah, there's... There's... I don't know. There's a lot of artists that... Um, I'll give them respect simply because of who they are and what they've done. Um, it's well known how I feel about Eminem. I don't have to rehash that. Um, I give M respect because he's M. I don't connect to him as an artist. Like, I just nothing he's really ever said makes me want to put his record on um now Royce is the opposite I listen to Royce all the time and if you ask me who the best Detroit hip hop artist is my answer is either Royce or Fat Father um those are the two guys that I think represent Detroit hip hop better than anybody um but out of LA, there's a, a couple of kids, younger kids named Villain Park, who are so good. Like I listen to them constantly. Um, if 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 Ice Cube joined Bone Thugs and Harmony, would almost be how to describe Villain Park. I guess um, they've they've got that bone flow, that interaction. Uh, but it's very West Coast Cube sounding uh, musically. Um, so I guess maybe if Dre produced Bone Thugs would be a better way. But um, okay. I, they are so damn good. Um, City Morgue, just because I love Zilakami, like he, the kid is so crazy. Like the shit that he comes up with, you know, mixing like Nirvana type guitar with these vocals that are one minute really dark and almost death metalish and then the next minute he's like this almost DMX style where he's really introspective um it's a very unique sound and it's jarring like if it takes a minute to get into it it's definitely not going to be for everybody um but if you take the time to really listen to him He's a hell of a rapper and um, he, very intelligent, you know. But 
it is not your run-of-the-mill stuff and they're one of them groups that kind of let you know that there really are no rules in hip-hop like hip-hop is only limited by your own imagination as far as the beats you create the styles you can mix the um influences you can kind of bring together and and whatnot it doesn't have to necessarily play by any rules per se and um i love their sense of adventure i mean it really makes me a huge fan of of those guys and uh um ghostmane like ghostmane is so fucking crazy over the top like here's a guy who he literally worked for nasa as a rocket scientist and quit his job left florida moved to la and started making records and like came up with this style that's like nine inch nail musically but like three six mafia rapping you know and his bass lines are just ungodly like it, it makes like Miami the Miami style from the 90s it makes it sound like amateur hour it's my son's got this massive system in his truck and he'll pull in listen in the ghost main and it will just shake everything on my walls in the house and it's like, and he doesn't even have it out very loud. I mean, it's just, he abuses <laughs> the whole bass thing to the max, man. Um, it's um, crazy, but um, let's talk to NFL, man. You do sports. I don't want to just strictly talk hip-hop. Um, sure. Playoff predictions. Let's, uh... Playoff Yeah, let's make some playoff predictions on, uh... Who you think are gonna? Uh, maybe who you think might get upset? Uh, who's a sleeper? Um, maybe favored to win it all? Man, I wish I had looked a little closer at where the games were win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know, Vegas and Cincinnati plays Saturday, and then. New England and Buffalo. I know both of those are Saturday. Yep, and you got um, the Steelers versus Kansas City. Uh, you got Cardinals yeah. and the Rams, uh, the Cowboys and the Forty ers and the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. Yeah. So, out of all six games, I personally I don't see I don't see more than two uh, upsets. I'm definitely picking. San Francisco to upset Dallas. Yeah, I think Dallas. Is I think that's almost a, a given. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Dallas is a fraud. Uh, the New England Buffalo game should be interesting. Yeah, because they split this year. Even though New England beat Buffalo when the weather was terrible, the wind was crazy, and it actually helped New England. And Buffalo beat them straight up more recently. So I got Buffalo winning that. I'm looking forward to seeing Joe Burrow, though. I want to see him uh, second year, playoff, first time in the playoff, of course, mm-hmm. national championship quarterback. Got Jamar Chase out there breaking records as his rookie receiver. You know, T. T. Higgins, Joe Mason. The offense is crazy, so I'm hoping that Cincinnati plays well. 
I don't have any anything invested in Cincinnati, but I just want to see them. I just want to see them live up to their uh, potential, <clears throat> regardless of what happens after game one. So, yeah, that should be fun. I I kind of have a feeling that the Rams might have a hard time with the Cardinals. Um, maybe not, but um, I know they've done a bunch of the Madden simulations. They're normally pretty correct, and uh, in almost every one of them, Madden has basically taken the Cardinals upsetting the Rams. Um, really? Which... I don't I don't I don't think it's shocking. I mean they're pretty evenly matched. They're probably the most evenly right. matched of all of the teams. Um I'm a Brady fanatic. I am worried about that game because he Man. of of <laughs> you know it's I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm I'm worried about that one because of all of the teams that Brady has a problem with always the Giants or the Eagles, man. So, um, as a Buccaneers fan, I'm kind of nervous about that game. Like, the Eagles kind of were the team I didn't want the Buccaneers against in the first round. <laughs> so, um, you know, well, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Like, as an Eagles fan, um, I predicted the Eagles were going to win six, I think six or seven games. I can't remember. I think I said six games mm-hmm. before the season. And so they've, you know, they've outdone themselves in my eyes. Um, but in reality, they have no business in the playoffs. You know, it's not a good, it's not a good team. Now they can play well in spurts. Right. So I can, I can see, I can see why you would. It only takes one time, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, like I said. You know, it's always the Eagles or the Giants that uh, seem to have the like flying the Kool Aid for Brady, you know. So, um, any given Sunday, you know. Yeah. So, um, I want them to make it through because at this point, Brady's kind of uh, almost a novelty to me. Like, like being a Michigan guy and being a Wolf, former Wolverine and whatnot. And just the fact that he literally was almost undrafted and has done what he's done. Um, you know, the fact that the guy's like, what, 42, 43, 44 years old, you know, he's out here playing like fucking 25 year old is just, it's kind of comical to me. Like, what the hell is this dude doing that? (laughs) You know? He has no business at 44 years old out here passing for 5,000 yards and. You know what? Forty touchdowns this year, I think, or, or thirty-eight, some shit like that. And you know, he's throwing more interceptions now, but still grossly below what he should be throwing at his age. You know, um, right. and the guy's been in like what fucking eight Super Bowls now, nine Super Bowls. I know he hasn't won them all, but um, he's been in like eight or nine. Six three. Yeah, so he's been in like yeah, nine total Super Bowls now. Which is insanity when you think about it. I mean, the guy's been literally has spent half of the years he's played in a Super Bowl. Like, like he's played what nineteen years, right? I think it is nineteen years, and he's been in nine Super Bowls. So, I mean, people still have the audacity to be like, 
Oh, he's not the he's not the greatest. I'm like, man. <laughs> right. I understand the argument about Joe Montana. If you want to say he made it to the Super Bowl and won them all, yeah. blah blah blah. He made it to four. Yeah. He made it to four, and he had the greatest wide receiver of all time right beside him. Yeah. You know, for most <laughs> right. of those years, Brady had Randy Moss for the one joint, but yeah. It's been a it's been a lot of no names who turned into names yeah. with Brady at the helm. He, he, I, one of the stats I always look at for Brady is I never look at his total yards or any of that. My first thing I look at is how many receivers did he throw to in this game? Because it's always going to be like eight, nine, ten different receivers every game. And it's like, this dude's like throwing a pass to just like everybody on the field, like at this point, like, okay. You want to catch a pass? You want to catch a pass? You want to catch a pass? Good. Let's go. You know? <laughs> Everybody, yeah. It's like Oprah. You can catch a pass, and you can catch a pass. You know? And it's just there like... Tom Brady is the Oprah of the NFL. Yeah. Like, it's... That's why I said, I mean, I know not to bet against Brady, but at the same time, I get nervous anytime it's the Giants or the Eagles. So, um, you know, I, I kind of think... I think it'll be okay. I, I'm... I'm kind of hoping Ben has a little bit more left in the tank for, for his last run, you know. Um, not necessarily a Super Bowl, but a game or two, you know. Um, uh, I'm not a KC fan, per se, so <laughs> I kind of would like to see them get upset. Well, I, I don't see it happening, so. but I'm hoping, you know. <laughs> um, Hope springs eternal. Yeah, Brady's out of here. I mean, excuse me, uh, ben, Big Ben's out of here. <clears throat> Yeah, I just, uh, as a long-suffering Lions fan, I'll be pretty much okay with anybody in the Super Bowl other than the fucking Packers, so. <laughs> okay, like, I, I just, I, I will never, I will never support the Packers, like, I will never support the Cowboys, like, I just, you know, <laughs> I teased my friend the other day, because he, his band is putting their first record out. And I said, what's the name of your record? And he's like, Choke Artist. And I was like, oh, you're naming it after the Cowboys? And he kind of looked at me, and he was like, damn, that was harsh. And I was like, oh, sorry, too soon, (laughs) you know? And he was like, what made you go there? And I was like, I don't know. Just as a football fan, when I hear Choke Artist, I just automatically think Dallas, you know? I mean. (laughs) It's not right. It's not right. So, um, I, I like that you're a Lions fan. My uh, my old high school basketball teammate's son actually plays for the Lions. Oh, nice! Uh, plays safety, Jalen Elliott. So, uh, I, you know, Lions are. Oh, how do you put this? Um, I kind of had this attitude at this point of only the Lions. Like this past weekend, for example. The Jaguars win. Lions can get the first pick back. And what do they do? They can't win crap all season. And the one week they can get the number one draft back, they beat the best team in the damn NFL. And I'm like, really? This is the week you chose to decide to be able to win a game is the one week that it could actually benefit you. You know, and it was like, only the Lions would do that. Like, only the Lions could win multiple games 
or I'm sorry, lose multiple games on freakishly long against the odd field goals in a single season. Yes, sir. You know, like it's just at this point, it's kind of the same thing. It's it's kind of comical in a way. Like, look, we love the Lions because they're the Lions, but we kind of realistically know that there's probably not a Super Bowl in our future anytime soon. Um, Though uh, I will admit that they are showing more life now than they have ever showed um, since Barry's days. Um, I give him a lot of credit. I think the pieces are there, and I hope he continues to build, and I hope we do see something uh, maybe not a Super Bowl, but even maybe uh, a couple of wins in, you know, or something um, would be cool. You know, just just show some life, man. Like, show that we're not, like, the laughing joke or the laughing stock anymore. Sure. Like, yeah. like, leave that to Cleveland. You know, leave that to uh, <laughs> Jacksonville to be the laughing stock, you know. <laughs> we just, yeah. just want to be uh, – I'm okay if we're in the middle, you know. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, there's that part of me that says draft wise, we should trade down for more picks. Um, cause I don't think any of the top picks are really what the lions need or are going to be right. the solution to the lions problems. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm a huge Wolverines fan. I don't think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be as great as people make him out to be. I, you know, the, the kid has got heart. I'll give him that. He's a hell of a person. But there's a huge gap between college and the NFL. And, um, you know, I just, I don't know if he has all of the tools that he needs to, you know, when they compare him to people that they compare him to, I don't see it. Like, oh, you know, well, he's got the intangibles of this person. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't see it. Like, Georgia pretty much showed you that it's not as hard as you think to immobilize the kid, you know. And, you know, if Georgia can do it, then what's he going to do against the real bruisers when he gets up against the Raiders or when he gets up against the Giants, when he gets up against the Steeler guys that, you know, are willing to do what it takes to <laughs> to push you around and knock your head in. So, um, you know, I don't know, man. I just, I don't think he's the solution um, for anybody, really. Uh, and I hate saying that because, like I said, I like the kid. I like the fact that he played with so much heart, but... Um, I kind of almost consider him sort of the Tim Tebow of of edge rushers, kind wow. of. Um, wow. I, I know that sounds harsh. Um, it does. And, and I hope it's not true. I will say that I hope it's not true, but I don't know, man. I just, I am kind of leery of such a high pick for him, so... um. I got a couple of who, couple of things I made. Um, speaking on versus battles, got a couple hypotheticals. 
Who wins? Well, as you state that, I just want to be clear. I am the second biggest fan of Versus outside of Fat Joe. Just want to be clear on that. Yeah, these are these are strictly hypothetical. These can never happen because all four of the artists are no longer uh, with us. <laughs> but it's just, I think names I haven't heard discussed, um, and I think would be very interesting. Um, so the first one, in a straight up versus between Michael Jackson and Prince. Oh wow. <laughs> Wow. I know, right? That wow. one kind of. And we're talking verses where they actually perform. Mm-hmm. Not, not verses where they sit down, where they actually perform. Yep. That would be crazy. I know. That, that would, would be, be crazy. just on a different level. Because um, we, we get the Michael Jackson, we get the Thriller versus. Uh, Purple Ring. Thriller versus. Purple Rain, yeah. Right. Yeah, we get Thriller versus Purple Rain all the time. And I always say, well, I wouldn't even take Thriller. Like, I wouldn't put Thriller against Purple Rain, personally. Mm-mm. But I got to lean towards Thriller. But I, I like, in a performance, I like Prince more. I, you know, I like the yeah. musicianship. I like add that with the singing and the actual ability to play multiple instruments he's mm-hmm. dancing around the stage like it's a whole thing happening he's mm-hmm. going to cross off a 10 minute solo on something <laughs> Right, something's going to happen with Mike I don't know what you're getting you're getting a performance you're getting a couple spins you know some moonwalks uh, yeah so hit for hit I'd say Michael actual performance like watching them I've mm-hmm. seen Prince yeah I you know I thought about this one for a couple hours and I'm not sure I'm honestly not sure like I there's two things I would take away from this one one you're gonna get a battle for the ages like both of them would just completely show out in every way um Hit for hit, I mean, both of them have just a massive catalog uh, to draw from. Um, A very diverse catalog, you know, whether it's R&B, whether it's funk, whether it's rock, whether it's, you know, Prince can do Let's Go Crazy, Michael can turn around with Beat It, you know, on the for the guitar solos you know you want to get funky you know you can do uh pyt versus uh the bat bat dance thing um you know i mean there's so many different ways that these guys could go back and forth to do what they do and i think that they would really take that challenge to a whole different level like they both were so competitive um both vocally capable. Vince was, I love Vince. Prince was, is way more vocally capable than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, yeah. You know, when I seen Prince live for the first time, I knew Prince as the musician, the songwriter, the producer. Vocals were the one thing that kind of were always 
sort of the back burner for me. Um, but watching Prince perform that show, that dude, he could sing, you know, and yeah. I was like, damn, okay. He is more than just a guitar player, more than just a piano player, more than just the, the day. I mean, he can, you know, um, it was crazy for he performed for I think three hours and 40 minutes three hours 42 minutes something like that and yeah. never missed a beat and just even now 15 years later I get goosebumps thinking about that show because it was so freaking surreal um I mean he held that audience in the palm of his hand and just almost like a pop-up master you know he just he moved us at will man like okay you move left you move right back and forth we go and it was crazy um so yeah i i couldn't pick on that one it was i think the only one who wins in that one is the listeners the audience you know Um, second one dmx versus big pun and i know this is kind of sort of an unconventional matchup but you know, I just, I think those two would kind of have fun together. The tenacity both of them had, I think, would. Yeah. Um, so. Well, DMX, actually, we, we got to see DMX. Thankfully, you know, we got to see DMX in a versus against Snoop. Um, oh, I didn't see that one. I didn't even realize was... those two had done one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, DMX. I have to go back and watch that one. I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great because you didn't know what to expect from DMX. Right, (laughs) right. Before it happened, like the week before it happened, and I, you know, as verses were coming up, and we were talking about different people, Mm -hmm. you know, verses. I was like, nobody, and not nobody literally, but generally, nobody seeing Snoop song for song Snoop has got a catalog he's gonna yeah. you know watch whoever then somebody I don't know but just somebody online made a playlist for DMX and I was like oh my goodness this might be a problem this might actually be a problem because it was just it was banger after banger and yeah. I was like wow I not that I forgot, but it's like, but it's like you don't I forgot, realize. I forgot how many. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, there are those artists like that. Like, I I say this all the time, and people bring this up. Huey Lewis in the news and Rick Springfield are both artists that, across genres, across racial lines, everything. You don't realize how many songs you know by them until you sit. I didn't even as a as a person who I love both artists. A while back, what kind of put this in my mind? I hadn't listened to Huey Lewis in a long time, and I, someone was playing Huey Lewis's greatest hits. And as I sat there listening to the record. I realized how many songs I knew by Huey Lewis that I didn't even realize that I knew by Huey Lewis and was like, shit, did he really have that many? Like, you think the heart of rock and roll and, and, you know, I need a new drug. You think a couple of those songs, but there are 
dozens and dozens of songs and Rick Springfield the same way you know Jesse's girl uh you know and just song after song you know every damn song on the greatest hits and you're like damn do I really know that many songs yeah and DMX is you know <laughs> you know way more than you realize you know what's funny about what you said is that a few years a bunch of years back I don't know if it was a it was a DJ mix or something, mm-hmm. but it was Rihanna songs. Okay. And I was they were playing song after song after song, and I was like, I like that song. I did not know that was Rihanna. <laughs> That's Rihanna too. Yeah. This is Rihanna. Oh my God, she's got like fifteen hits, and this was years ago. Mm-hmm. So I I feel you on that with the Huey Lewis in the news, and you have to say if this is it. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like songs you don't even think about that when you hear them, it doesn't matter where you're from or how you grew up. You kind of just know those songs. Like it doesn't matter whether you're black or white, whether you grew up in the hood or grew up in the country. When you hear Jesse's girl, you know, Jesse's girl, you know, Right. You know Heart of Rock and Roll. You know, um, for me, one of the ones that I think has always, uh, it takes two. You know, it don't matter whether you're black, white. I know country kids that, you know, it takes two to make a thing go right. You know. Oh, Rob Bass. Or Rob Bass, yeah. Um, you know, everybody knows that song. If you put that on a, on a party, everyone's dancing to it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm your pusher by Ice T. I think is one. Um, uh, Bust a move by Young MC. Even though it was really the only hit the guy ever had, everybody's getting up and dancing to it. You know, it's just there's those certain songs that, whether it was us growing up in the skating rinks or house parties or whatever it was. Uh, there were those songs that just kind of, you know, the memories attached to them or the, the, the times and the whatnot. You just, they have those special places in, in your heart that um very memorable. And, um, yeah, so. <laughs> um, Absolutely. These are very random. These are my Music God's random questions of insanity. Uh, this is kind of a fun, silly game we came up with amongst ourselves. Um, some are music-related, some are superhero-related. Um, books and movies, different things. Uh, but I have a few. Uh, one of the sections is called, Who Wins in a Fight? Now, these are all hypothetical. These are all very random. So in a no-anything-goes-fight... Uh, who wins in a fight between Fred Sanford and George Jefferson? Man, do they ever even hit each other? <laughs> yeah, just a, just uh, uh, just a good old style street fight. <laughs> yeah, I know, but with both of them, you know, they always pose like they're gonna fight. Right, they never hit exactly. That's why I put them together. <laughs> It'd be like a dance off, really. right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I'd have to go. I'd have to lean towards George Jefferson just because he was younger. Mm-hmm. 
he was younger when we saw him. So that's that's just the only advantage to me. Yeah. Because you know Fred will give you five across your lips. So he'll <laughs> tell you that. Right. Um, who wins in a fight between L. Bundy or the Fonz? Well, Al Bundy, that's easy. That's <laughs> you think easy. So? That's that's a wash, yeah. One because we know actually how small the Fonz is. Like yeah, yeah, that's when true. You, when you think about it, that's true. That's the, true. The Fonz winning a fight is like I think Fonz was more more uh, showmanship, right? And people being afraid of his mystique than him actually doing something. So I got to go out, Bundy. At least he, he scored like 17 touchdowns in one game. <laughs> right? I still love that show. Like, it's, you know, I, I rewatch that show all the time. And it's almost, you always hear the thing about the, the Simpsons, how it predicts the future. Yeah. There are so many things. If you watch, rewatch Married with Children, there are so many things that they did in that show that were so far ahead of its time. Um, There was a joke, I think it was in like season three or season four, where he he tries to win a radio contest. And it's basically Marcy, and they make a joke about basically her being Bruce Jenner. So they basically make like a Bruce Jenner being a woman joke. And it was like, Mm -hmm. wow, like called that one like 12 years ahead of. And there were multiple other ones that I've I have them written down here on a piece of paper. But there's like eight or nine or ten things that they talk about shit that like 10 years later, 15 years later have become like real everyday issues and you know it's like wow like were they just predicting that or was it just I know at the time it was made to be funny um but it was kind of like crazy like how as vulgar and as over the top as that show was it was very socially conscious it was very way ahead of the curve on some of the issues that you know we face now with the whole woke thing and and all of that other stuff um so yeah um last one (laughs) i pose this one to everyone just because it, it it kind of catches people off guard and the answers have been hilarious um this is a would you rather have option A versus option B? So, would you rather every movie you watch in the future, the lead role is replaced and played by Gilbert Godfrey, or every song you hear in the future is now performed by Cardi B? Ooh, give me Cardi B. Every song by Cardi B. That's easy. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey yelling every every second of every love scene. Like, what are we doing? No, I'll take Cardi B. Uh, Cardi B the block. 
I'll take Cardi B to black. Yes, definitely Cardi B. <laughs> I can I can hear her on a rock song. Uh, I can hear her on a ballad yelling, but I can hear her on a ballad. Right. Oh yeah. It's, de- it's definitely Cardi B. <laughs> And I've heard we've I've had the discussion with some really great people and you know, why would you do this, why would you do that? Um and there were a few that are kinda like, Well, you know, I don't get the comparison and I'm like, Okay, think about it in the context of Gilbert Godfrey playing Deadpool. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey playing the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. Gilbert Godfrey right. playing uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. And their response is always just like, ooh, damn, that was harsh. And I was like, yeah. All right, now think about it in the context of Cardi B now performs Eye of the Tiger. Cardi B now performs... You know, it takes two. She now performs uh, all of these songs, and they're just kind of like one person's response was, um, "Can I take a three? How how they put it? Uh, can I take three fifty seven for answer C or something along that lines? You know?" And I was like, "Well, it's not that serious, dude. I was like, I don't want you to kill yourself over it, but you know, but um, yeah. Anyways, this is source." Um, where do they find you on social media, man? YouTube, your shows, podcasts. Uh, where do they find you to listen to your stuff? You can check out Source and Company on YouTube uh, under Source and Company. Source ampersand Company. It might come up under Source and Company. I don't even know. I never looked it up. But uh, Source and Company, Source and CO, I should say, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, all those random podcast outlets Instagram is at source of course and of course TikTok is at source of course where all the fun is yeah TikTok is my new home people on Facebook I don't even know if they care that I'm not around <laughs> I'm not around Facebook, on Facebook is I'm not around on Instagram I don't know if they're looking for me or not and I really don't care because yeah. TikTok is where I need to be and I found an audience that actually cares about stuff I care about. So yeah. I'm very happy uh, chopping it up with the people on TikTok. Yeah. I'm trying to teach myself to do more interesting stuff. Like the idea behind the Nerds Report podcast was kind of do what you're doing um, is to pose interesting questions about books and movies and random stuff and I kind of got off track with it and um, I'm not real good at editing video yet and I'm trying to teach myself and learn that so um, hopefully going forward this year that's going to be the focus of doing a lot more fun content and open discussions and and different things and uh, whatnot. so th- thank you for taking the time to do this man this has been a blast absolutely, um, absolutely. I love it I love it yeah, I hope we can do it again in the future sometime. Um, I won't be nearly as random, and I'll have better questions. And um, <laughs> this this kind of come about just very randomly. Like I just you posted a couple things, and I'm like, you know what? I got to have them on here because I mostly interview musicians, and I mostly interview like I guess more stuffy type of stuff that. It's fun, but it can be kind of dry sometimes. And 
I like when I get a chance to just be very random with stuff and speak across different topics that aren't your everyday normal stuff. Um, I think so. not. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that one of my my better, which is similar to what you're saying, I think one of my better qualities as far as the hip hop field is that pretty much I can speak to whatever style of hip hop. Mm-hmm. So if talking '90s underground, we can do that. If right. We're talking more recent, we can do that. If we talk '80s, you know, radio. It, I can talk about whatever. So yeah. I think that kind of appeals to people because they just ask random questions yeah. on lives or whatever and I you, I'm, I amaze myself like not that the answers are super, you know, super great or anything but I feel like I give solid answers to whatever they ask so I'm like hey you're doing pretty good you're doing pretty good I'm going to end on this question just because I got to know I meant to bring this up earlier last question what is your opinion on NEMS? Just overall. I don't have an opinion on them. I don't have an opinion on them. I couldn't tell you. I could look. I said. I said all that for you to ask that question and me to have no answer. <laughs> right, and that's what kind of reminded me that I wanted to ask. Um, because I know dude has been around forever. He's blowing up with the Bing Bong thing, and it was just completely random for him. Just, and now it's right. Um, but that's that's crazy. Yeah, of all things to blow up on. You know, he's been doing it for a while. Um, it's really not even a new phase for him. Um, it was actually a phase he started using like three, four years ago. And it was on his last record before this one. And, and then somebody used it and it went viral and it blew up. And, you know, he's got his clothing line, FYL clothing line, which has gone completely insane. He's had to actually hire people instead of doing it himself. He had to go out and get a warehouse because his apartment was too small to do it. Um, Wow. Nems has been making six figures off his clothing line for like ten years. Are you and, kidding? Yeah, he he. Nems was one of the early battle rappers on the KOD thing, and he was he's gone through inclinations of uh, Skinny Nems and Gorilla Nems and Coney Soprano. Um, the thing that I love about Nems is Nems is just fearless in what he says. Like, he doesn't even care. He shit talks about everything and he right. just has fun with it. But he's a serious dude. Like he is about his money and he doesn't joke around with that and he delivers on everything, whether it's snow goons, whether he's on Ill Bill or whatever it is. I mean he's a he's one of the most talented lyricists out right now. Um Fat Joe basically yeah. has gone on record and said, Hey if I got to give this crown away, this is who it goes to. Um, so to have Fat Joe come out and be like, Yo, you're my handpicked successor, that kind of says a lot, man. Like, I don't think Joe's just going to throw that out there lightly. Like, um, you know, dude is, dude is still working for the city of New York as a garbage man. He actually works full time as a garbage man, aside from all of this. Um, and that's dope though yeah and what's crazy about Nems is is it's caught on so much he posted a video about three days ago they were interviewing him he's just walking down the street with this girl she's asking him questions and a New York City cop rolls by he's like and the cop's like bing bong fuck your life and it's like (laughs) you got the fucking cops 
catcalling you on the street. Like, that's crazy. Like, what rapper has that right now? Like, you got city buses driving around. They're sign, you know, FYL, Bing Bong. Yeah. And it's like, it's organic, dude. Like, he's not paying these people to do that. They're just, it's New York supporting New York, you know. So, um, it's... It's kind of an energy that I haven't seen in New York since the early Rough Riders. Because early Rough Riders yeah. had that energy of, you know, it was just, you were either with Rough Riders or you weren't with Rough Riders. And that's kind of the way Nems is. is like He doesn't give a shit either way. Like, I took it as a compliment. I, he was my number one record this year. And I sent him the list. And he pretty much told me, Fuck your list. I don't give a shit about lists. I don't do this to be on lists. A lot of people probably would have been insulted by that. But coming from NEMS and knowing who NEMS is, I was like, all right, cool. Not about that. It's good, you know. Um, NEMS has supported my shows in the past. And he's, you know, retweeted my stuff and talked about it. and, And that's cool. That's why I love NEMS. But... I just love his fearlessness, man. And if you listen to his bars, the cat can spit. Like, he can seriously spit. So, I challenge anyone. If you know Nems for Bing Bong, go back and listen to his shit. Because, telling you, dude has got serious, serious shit that he talks about. Knowledge, man. Like, KSR you know, KRS style knowledge that he spits on some of his bars, man. That's just, you look at dude, and when you think Bing Bong, he's going to hit you with them bars, and you're just going to be like, damn, I didn't see that coming at all, you know. Um, Bing Bong, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so, um, for real, I just, I was just curious, man, because I know you hadn't really talked about him and whatnot, but I had mentioned him in a few things, and um, he's very polarizing, you know, people seem to either love him or hate him, and that's okay like I think that's a sign of a good artist is you know you make people take a position you don't just let them kind of be middle of the road and um, you know when you get a strong reaction whether it's good or bad controversy sells so um, with that said we're going to wrap this up Um, thank you this is the noise report Um, I'm the music god and uh, we're going to hit you with this.